You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat postgame podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat postgame podcast, unfortunately covering another defeat of your Kansas State Wildcats. K-State comes home after a couple road games and an off week and falls to the Baylor Bears 31-12 in a game, again, that Kansas State didn't seem like it was fully involved in, but never really out of until the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, K-State just couldn't muster much offense once again. And once again, we're brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And we take questions throughout the podcast from Twitter and our members at Wabash Station. And we will be uh, picking one member that asks the question of the week or one Twitter follower that asks the question of the week. And... They will get a gift certificate from Caddyshack Golf. And remember, don't forget to use uh, the code GPC for free shipping. So get on over there to Caddyshack Golf. I know golf season's running out, but they have some pretty nice stuff. In fact, Brett brought us in uh, some pretty nice stuff here. And, Brian, you'll be getting stuff in the future. It's really good. All right. It, we're going nice. to look fresher than the K-State football team did in its white pants and white helmet, which didn't inspire them. I'm joined by Brian Hanley. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. <laughs> Brian, they look good. They did not play well, though, yeah. did they? No. The uniforms look sharp, but <laughs> no, they, they did not play well at all. This was another... Another stinker. I was really, really surprised um, uh, to come out. But take, uh, one thing to, to to take this for to take note is Baylor's a good football team. Yeah, they are. And we can just say it: Baylor's a better football team than we are. So, and they came and they played. They did what they were supposed to do. Now we helped them, but they're a good, really good football team. So. We just got to get back to the drawing board and do what we do best and just to figure it out from there. Here, let's get started with a question from Twitter. And Real J. Ellis asked a pretty good question. It was going to be my first question. We'll give him credit for it, though. How can the offense that looks so dominant and creative early in on this season be so inept the last two games? They've been lost, haven't they? 
They have. Well, it's part of it is we don't, it's like we aren't running the things that we were running before. We're not switching. There's not a ton of different formations. There's not different position grids. It's like, we're super predictable in what we're doing and we we're coming out and we're not running the football. I mean, we came out and we're just throwing, throwing, throwing. I'm like, and I know they got some NFL guys on their defense. I, I get that. And their defensive line, they have got a really good defensive line. But our strength is running the football. And if they're going to stop us, make them stop us. We, I mean, but we, did, we, didn't, we didn't do that. We stopped ourselves. And that snowballed, and it, it made it difficult to get things going because when we did run the ball, I thought we were okay. Yeah, you know, when the offensive line blocked it, as a former offensive lineman, you're probably picking this up. They just seem completely out of sync with each other. They're missing blocks. People are running free at ball carriers. It's like they have confused themselves. And it's not just a three-man front. They're just not doing what they did earlier in the year. Absolutely. They're not doing what they did earlier in the year. I know the competition is much, much better. Having said that, though, the continuity is all over the place. It's just what you said to them. They're just, they're not in sync. I mean, you see guys just running free. I saw a time where a defensive end split the left tackle and left guard, and I'm like, how in the world does that happen? They were only rushing three guys. I'm like, I mean, they weren't pass blocking well. They weren't run blocking well. It's it's frustrating to see, and I'm sure it's frustrating for them as players because, I mean, they're not going out there doing it on purpose. I think we just need to, to just get back to what we do best. You know, I'm really frustrated by the fact that this team just doesn't seem as emotional. They're not they're they're very mechanical these last two games and I can't quite understand that particularly I you know, I could grasp the letdown. You you got ranked, you you kind of liked yourself, you fell in love with yourself a little bit, you go to Oklahoma State and you try to go through the motions and a good team knocks you off. Oklahoma State did the same damn thing today at Lubbock. Yep. They, they yep. were ranked, let's go through the motions and we got our teeth kicked in. I, uh, so yep. I can get that, but coming home and playing in front of your home crowd against a program that hasn't won on the road in the conference since 2017 at Kansas and I know Baylor's good, I know they've made progress and I know they've got a good defense that defense is legit yeah it's good but it didn't seem for the second straight week it didn't seem like k-state was the more motivated team it seemed like the opposition was more engaged in this game and i can't explain that i i just i don't understand how that's happening yeah i mean you could see it it just i I don't know I, i don't have the answers to it i wish i did um, it just didn't seem like guys were fully engaged or, I mean, I know the guys want to win. I mean, I know that, but you got to go out there and make some stuff happen, you know, be frustrated when stuff goes wrong. And I, I mean, or, 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 or something, somebody has got to do something. I mean, it's, we got to do something with the season. 
is not over, and I believe we still have a really good team. So we got to go out there and make some stuff happen. We got to make some changes, get back to what we do best, maybe play some different guys if that's what it's going to take or whatever. But we got to do something different because the definition of crazy is to do the same thing over and over and expect different results. So we're, these are the results that we're getting right now. We got to do something different. Well, believe it or not, K-State led in this game 3 to nothing with Blake Lynch uh, hit a field goal late in the first quarter. And let's hear that call from Wyatt Thompson, courtesy of the Learfield Sports Network. 31-yard try. Here's the kick for Blake Lynch. It is a bullet right up through there, his fifth of the year, the 19th of his career, with 2-11 to go in the first. The Wildcats are on the board first. It is 3 to nothing on the field goal by Blake Lynch. Later in the game, later in that first half, Brian, there was something rather remarkable. Um, Kansas State uh, had an incredible punt. Just Devin Ansel just Ankle absolutely crushed a punt. It goes out of the two-yard line. And you think Kansas State's in a pretty good situation. Uh, first, let's hear the call of the punt. I'm curious to hear this myself. Here's Devin Ankle hammering a punt for the Wildcats. Cats need a good punt. Here's the kick by Devin, and he got one. He bombed this one into the wind. Bounces out at about the three-yard line. Let's see where they mark it. They're going to mark it at the one. Oh, what a play by Devin Ankle, and that will send us to a timeout. What a play by Devin Ankle. That's brilliant. Well, at that point, Brian, it's 3-3 three to three in this game. Baylor ended up with the ball at its own two. I don't, I'm not sure why they moved the mark there at the last second. But, you know, so be it. You've got your opponent pinned up at their two-yard line. My friend, six plays later, they have covered 98 yards and they're in the end zone. And we saw the first breaking of this Kansas State defense where they fell back into what happened last week at Oklahoma State. Missed tackles, big chunk yardage plays, uh, and those things have become very concerning now that this defense is its not good enough to be sound and good 95% of the time. The other five, they're pretty bad. Yeah, that, that was disappointing. I figured we'd have a ton of momentum. We got them right where we want them. They really hadn't done a whole lot up to that point. You know, the defense had played well, and then it was just like the uh, a switch got flipped, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is going on here? And I mean, so I don't know. And that was disappointing, and that was pretty much the turning point of the football game right then and there that that was the turning point and we didn't recover we literally didn't recover yeah didn't um and kpb asked from wabash station is that defensive tackling as horrendous as it look it looks at times I think it is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Coach Kleiman called bad. him out. Uh, Coach Kleiman called him out, and I'll get to that in the segment with his some of his post game comments. But uh, they're trying to strike. They're not trying to wrap up and tackle. And it's yep. it's kind of a modern football thing. I want to get the big glory hound hit instead of just getting the guy on the ground. Well, and that's exactly what it is. And I'll be honest. The guys aren't big enough and good enough to be doing that. Nope. You know, I'm not saying that anybody is is able to do that at all times, but we don't have those type of football players on the defensive side of the ball to just go up and just be knocking guys around. 
go up and make a tackle. That's what we need to do. Run to the football. We just don't have those guys. And I, it, you're right. It's 100% a modern thing. It was like that when I played. I mean, it, it was like that guys just wanted to make a big hit. At the same time, guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and they're just going to bounce off of that and keep on going. That's exactly what happened. We saw it on a few key plays in this game. In fact, it was a third and long conversion that really hurt K-State because they had a guy and they didn't wrap him up. And next thing you know, he's running free in the open field. Uh, But I want to get to this. This is the next question from KPB. And appreciate the questions. In fact, this will be our Caddyshack Golf Question of the Week because I think it's it's something we need to talk about. And I want to answer this along with you. I'll let you take your first crack. Do you worry about Skylar Thompson's confidence struggles coming back around from what we saw at times last year? Well, you know, I think the one thing is is that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder for somebody else to be put into the football right. game. So if he's got one thing that he can keep his confidence about, it's that. Now, he's got to play better. I do know that. And I don't know if it's all his fault because we can't push the ball down the football field. I mean, we just can't do that at this point in time. I mean, he had 22 completions for 218 yards. That's not going to cut it. So, I mean, that's way too little yards for that many completions. We have to do a better job. And I don't know that that's his fault. Getting back to his confidence level, if he can just keep in mind that, you know, just keep making the right plays, keep making the right checks. And that's another thing. It doesn't seem like he's able to do that. There's certain times where he's checking out of plays. There's certain times where he's not. So I don't know. Maybe it's come down from the coaching staff. I don't know. But I'm not worried yet. I, I Again, we're five games in. I'm not worried yet. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's it's still early, and I know it's uh, easy to hit the panic button after these performances. And for me, it's more about the type of performance we've seen, not the fact that they've lost. Like they can right. still, there's there's still very winnable games on the schedule if they can gather themselves and and get things going. And I'm a little. I'm a little mystified by the play calling, and I don't like to call out yes. coaches, but uh, I I know uh, you are too. Uh, Courtney Messingham yep. has uh, gotten away from what they were doing, and honestly, he's not calling the game that I thought we would see. There was a question I saw, and I can't find it right now. What happened to this tight end passing game that we heard so much about, and they've they just don't seem to target them very often, and maybe it's a fact that Nick Lenners hasn't been as reliable catching the ball as what we thought. Sammy Wheeler's had a couple big catches, so why don't they get him into more situations? I just don't think there's enough texture to this offense right now. It's easy to kind of zero in on what they're attempting to do. Well, also, the coaching staff may have to have a little bit more faith, a little bit more confidence in that as well. Uh, there was a play where it was in, I want to say the third, maybe it was early second quarter, third quarter, third quarter. And Skylar just missed him. He was in the flat, wide open. He threw it behind him, spun him around. I mean, that was an easy eight-yard completion. And if he breaks the tackle, who knows? And he missed it. Right. So you maybe have to come back to that at some point. Part of that's on Skyler. You have to make that throw. I mean, there was nobody around, nobody in front of him. You have to make that throw. So 
part of that, maybe the coaching staff is a little gun shy. Um, but maybe it's just execution too. I mean, maybe they're calling the plays and the guys aren't getting open. So uh, I would like to see us get into that and do more of that because it's going to take a collective effort for us to be, to move the ball and do the things that we want to do on offense. So uh, it's, it's just going to take a collective effort. So all hands on deck Empty the playbook. I agree. That, that's my opinion. I agree. I I go back to the Skyler situation, and I think he, without Malik Knowles, because when he had him back those first two series, it was almost like a kid with a toy. You know, I got Malik yeah. back. I'm going to throw it to him, and Malik wasn't healthy. He rushed his return and probably shouldn't have been on the field at all. And... Uh, He's got some guys open once in a while, but he doesn't pull the trigger. It's like right. he's thinking everything through instead of playing. And I think the coaches are thinking too much through. Coach Kleiman admitted when I asked him about it, they're being protective of Skyler and not running him very often at all. Look, I don't want to use him as a battering ram like he was used in the past, but if the defense is giving you the quarterback run, you take the quarterback run because yep. they're going to have to then take that away and get you can get to something else in your array of plays. It's like they're they're letting the defense dictate play calling and dictate the type of game they want to play instead of them getting aggressive and dictating back. That's exactly what's going on. It's it's kind of what we talked about last week. We're letting them tell dictate to us versus us doing what we do best, and we are just not doing. I mean, it started with the first two series of the game. Yep. It literally started then, and it and it, it was it was frustrating to say the least. Frustrating. So hopefully we can get back understand what you know we do best and just get back into doing that and go start winning some football games just putting out a better effort because that's the, the main thing kind of what you said earlier put out a better effort you know with execution and 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 get back to that and i think with the better effort comes better performance which better win or gets us to a win well when coach Kleiman met with the media and prior to that speaking with Wyatt Thompson on the radio network he owned this and he he said you know they're just not very good well heck I don't need to recap it as we go into our first break let's hear from Kansas State's first year coach Chris Kleiman on on his assessment of this 31 to 12 loss to Baylor we didn't uh, play well enough uh, on any phase of the game, um, and, and give Baylor credit. They, like we said, that's a good football team. They're five and zero for a reason. But uh, you know, we've got to be able to sustain drives on offense. Um, when people are stopping the run, we we were good early with throwing some quick game, and they end up t covering up a quick game. And uh, uh, then we had str some struggles running the football at times. But we have to be able to sustain drives. And then on defense, my biggest frustration is we we've got to tackle. We emphasize it. Coach Hayes, defensive coaches talk. About about it all the time we're block tackling too much we're not running through contact and wrapping up and that's the frustrating thing is uh, it's something that uh, we talk about on a daily basis and uh, we've got to get it corrected bottom line stay locked in the power cat podcast we'll be right back we now send it back to Fitz in the wtc gig powered studios welcome back to the go power cat Powercat Post Game Podcast brought to you by Caddy Shack Golf. 
For K-Staters, by K-Staters, Caddyshack Golf. It's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Caddyshack has golf wear, jackets, hats, polos, T-shirts, and accessories for your golf game. Get over to Caddyshack Golf and make sure you use the code GPC on your next order for free shipping. We appreciate the support of Caddyshack Golf. We've already picked our Caddyshack Golf question of the week, but we've got a ton more questions. And boy, I've got questions too as we head into this second half of the Powercat postgame podcast. Baylor comes into Manhattan, steals a 31-12 victory over your Kansas State Wildcats. On another day in which the team looked good, they looked bad, and they looked inconsistent. And really, Brian, it sounded like a Bill Snyder press conference after that. Coach Kleiman was talking about inconsistency an awful lot. And that's, you know, as you well know, that was a Coach Snyder catchphrase. You got to be consistent, got to be consistent. But boy, were they inconsistent. They ran the ball well at times, and then they didn't. They tackled well at times, and then they didn't. They passed the ball well, and then they didn't. It was just kind of a mixed bag the entire game and not nearly good enough to win, was it? No. Well, the one thing is, is that on on offense, I mean, until the fourth quarter, we were just absolutely pathetic on third down, which it was interesting because we would move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, and then we couldn't stay on the field. And but even then, we were in the football game. It was kind of like last week. It's like we're not doing a whole lot. But we're still in the football game. You know, the defense was doing its part for the most part, and I think they got worn down. Uh, I literally think they got worn down because they started getting plays. Outside of that one big drive, you know, in the first half, I I think the defense got worn down, and Katie barred the door, and that was just it. But we just have to be consistent football team. The good football teams do things – well, all the time. And that's at every level of football. I'm not just talking about, you know, Big 12 or at every level of football. You have to be a consistent football player and do things consistent. And if each person does their job, and I know that sounds cliche-ish, but it's the truth. Yep. Just do your job on this play and go to the next play. Do your job on that play. You have to do that. You have to do that. And guys have to buy in and understand that it is a play-by-play. I mean, that's how football is played. It's literally played play-by-play. You can't look ahead. You got to look right here. You got to do it right now and then go to the next the next play and move forward from there. One of the good plays of the game, it came in the second half. It was Kansas State's longest run of the day. James Gilbert went for 29 yards. Here's Wyatt Thompson. Handoff right side, crease, 45 midfield, 45-40, 35 to the 30, and down to the 29-yard line is James Gilbert. Beautiful play. Jalen Petrie makes the stop. First down, K-State. Boy, that was a nice run by Gilbert, and I feel like there was more creases in there. K-State just didn't quite take advantage of them, and I'll say this for the Baylor defense. They can close a gap awfully darn fast. There'd, yeah, they would, can. You would think there'd be something there, and then boom, there'd be a player in, in the way, and we talked about it on the pregame podcast. Their nose tackle, his name escapes me totally right now, is a beast. He's just an anchor. You can't move him out of there. Uh, they just struggled to get through the middle of that defense because he clogged everything up. That's a good team. I don't know if they're good yeah. enough to beat an Oklahoma or Texas, but they're going to give them fits with that defense. 
They are. And the, I mean, the, the key to a defense is you have a sturdy defensive line and guys on the back end that can run around. And that's literally what they have. I mean, that defensive front, I mean, that, that that guy in the middle, he's just big, and he's athletic. I mean, he's not just some big, you know, fire. He's a fire hydrant, but he's a fire hydrant that can move around a little bit. And they've just got a team of guys that can run. They're fairly big on defense. I mean, they've got some NFL guys on that defense for sure. And we just had a hard time. Um, that's taken nothing away from Baylor, but I do think that there were some things that we could have done to to move the football better on running and throwing the ball. You know, in the post game, I loved one of the things uh, Coach Kleiman was asked about what do you need to go work on. And he said everything. We're not doing anything yeah. so well that we cannot work on it. And he, but he brought up uh, running the ball and tackling better. Um, and those were all very valid things. There, there's so much, um, so much to work on. But how much can we attribute to not having Malik Knowles? I feel like, in some ways, it's almost like an offensive crutch. Well, we didn't have Malik Knowles. There, they found out Philip Brooks is getting open. Get him the ball. He went through a, a yeah. period in that game where he was open. There is stuff there. Deal with what you're dealing with, and not worry about things you can't change. Absolutely. I mean. If it's going to be one guy and if one guy is gone, then all of a sudden we can't move the football, we can't do anything, then that's a real big problem, to say the least. And I don't believe that that is the case. I mean, we saw it. So that isn't the case. We just have to deal, just run what we do, use the guys that are available and just use them to the best of their ability, which in turn makes it the best of the team's ability. We just have to do that and not worry about, hey, maybe he's in the wrong place or whatever because guys are young. Hey, let's just go out there and go 100 miles an hour and try to figure it out on the fly and just run the stuff that we can run and deal with the consequences later. But if you don't even try, then you can't be competitive. No, you're right. It was it was very frustrating to watch. And Purple Poncho Villa wants to know this. And as an offensive lineman, I think you're a good guy to answer this. What is about it, these three-man fronts that are giving K-State such a hard time the last two weeks? Well, the one thing is, is that the guys are really athletic. So, and already off the bat, defensive guys are more athletic than offensive linemen. So that's number one. So when guys, and you don't see three-man fronts all the time. On the Big 12, you see them a little bit. And they can do different things. They move around. It's a read and react defense. And you can bring blitzes from different places where you don't normally see them and guys slanting and because they, they're playing different gaps and you don't know. And it just, it can be confusing. However, if you just run the, the what I've found to be for, against the three man front, just run straight ahead. Don't try to trick them. Don't try to outflank. Just, Hey, you know what? We're going to line up and we're going to run the ball downhill at you. Make sure the backside is cleaned up because that's where you get backside run throughs, you know, linebackers because guys are really fast. Just run the ball straight ahead off tackle. There's natural gaps in a three man front. Anyway, they're giving it to you just by their formation. So you have to exploit that. If you don't try to exploit that, then that's where problems come in. When you try to finesse it and do those kinds of things, guys are too fast. They're just too fast. You can't do that. Got to run downhill. 
if you don't run downhill, you're leaving yourself problems. For uh, I'm hoping I'm not sounding like a get off my lawn old man take here, but you know, Coach Snyder was just straight business. And I, I had a, a friend of mine ask me earlier this week, is this program getting too much into the gimmick, the pound the stone, the win the dang day, here's a new helmet, here's some white pants, and not getting back and just focusing on basics and saying, you know what, guys? We suck. We're not good enough. We're inconsistent. Let's get to practice and go go work on stuff uh, and really get to grinding. I felt like this team grinded a lot in the summer and, and fall, and I, I don't see practice now, but the results have been pretty uh, underwhelming the last two weeks. I feel like they've lost the grind. Yeah, and they might have a little bit. Um, I remember Coach Kleiman said it when we got ranked. I hope guys don't feel satisfied or they, you know, get full of themselves. Uh, I remember him literally saying that when it happened. And maybe that did happen a little bit. Uh, and they got brought back to earth. Well, you would think one week was, was good enough. I don't think that the uniforms have anything to do with the performance because we didn't wear new uniforms at Oklahoma State. Right. And we didn't play well. The whole uniform thing is, if people just put it in perspective, it's a recruiting thing. It just is. That's that's all that it is. It looks cool. People like it. It's a recruiting thing. Nothing more than we're trying to be different. On the business side of, I mean, if we're going to come up with these things, we, you know, win the dang day, all these kinds of things, I don't know. Um I'm kind of like you, Tim. It's just go to practice, get better, and then show how much better you got in the game on Saturday. That's kind of the way that I am. I I mean, I don't know that that's an old man or (laughs) or saying. I don't think I don't believe that is my man. I just think that you go to practice, you get better, and then you show that on Saturday. That's kind of the way that it works, and that'll be from now until they stop playing football whenever that happens to be. Well, I think it's a proper time maybe to remind people that most of us were projecting six, maybe seven wins, and that's still very attainable. I'm still not buying on Tech, even though they look better today. I'm not buying on KU. I'm not buying on West Virginia, particularly when they have to come to Manhattan. Uh, I think that TCU game, though, looms pretty large in two weeks. You get the off week, and then you get a hit-and-miss TCU team that uh, looked bad against SMU, just throttled a bad Kansas team, and then got their lunch handed to them, if that's a proper metaphor right there, uh, at Iowa State today. They just got blown off the field. I feel like that's going to be a game of survival. The winner of that game is is still going to feel good about itself, and the loser is going to be feeling like they're in a world of hurt. That TCU game looms large, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, they talked about coming into the season how TCU was going to be better, and TCU was going to be this, and their defense was going to be back. Well, teams are going up and down the field. I mean, they're running wind sprints against them. So I don't know how good that defense really is. So K-State, again, just get back to what we do. Iowa State doesn't have this huge explosive offense where they're throwing the ball 95 times and doing all those kinds of things. They kind of mix it up, kind of what we should do and what we do do. So I think it'll be fine. We just need to go out there. And as far as on the defensive side, I don't know what – or, or I take that back on TCU's offense. I don't know what they're doing. I, I have no idea. Uh, I thought 
that Alex Delton was going to be the quarterback, and he was one week, and now he's barely getting snaps. And so that's something that we just need to take advantage of because they're not playing well. Because, again, they beat KU, and KU kind of is what it is. So they're not playing well, We, but neither are we. So we need to come out and just – that's that's – I don't want to say it's the season, but it can be the turning point in the season if we come out and play well. I agree with you, and Iowa State beat TCU 49-24. to The Cyclones scored the most points of any team in the Big 12 this weekend, including Oklahoma scoring 45 and uh, giving up 20 at Kansas. Texas won at West Virginia 42-31. Texas Tech 45-35 over Oklahoma State. And this was by far the lowest scoring game at 31 to 12. Unfortunately, K-State put up the least amount of points uh, in the conference, and they also gave up the least amount of points in you know terms of a loss with holding Baylor to 31. But I'm going to be blunt here, my friend. You give up 26 last week at Oklahoma State. You give up 31 to Baylor. That might be pushing the cusp of it a little bit. But you should be able to score 30 points in this conference. If you want to be competitive and win, scoring 30 points or more has to be your threshold. And they're nowhere near that. Absolutely. And that's what's frustrating is because you see it week in and week out. Teams are scoring points, have to be able to score points. Can't be putting up three points and a half. That's just not going to cut it. Just not going to cut it. And it's, it's frustrating. So we got to be better, um, but I think we can get better. I think they're going to get back, see what they did wrong, and understand, look, and it's kind of a little bit of what you mentioned last week. Maybe the coaches are getting used to Big 12 football, right? you know, and, and understanding, hey, we've got to push the ball a little bit more down the field. we got to do these kinds of things, you know, to score points and generate offense. We've got to change a little bit, you know, from what we're used to and what the norm is, what we've done forever. So, and maybe they'll do that this coming up week, you know, in practice and figure out exactly what it is that we need to do and then get after it. Well, uh, another thing we warned everyone about at the start of the year was there simply wasn't much depth on this roster. They inherited a very thin group. Now they've had an injury at receiver to go along with their other departures, and lo and behold, they played Chris Heron, a converted true freshman quarterback at receiver a few snaps today, and a converted quarterback at tight end, and Sammy Wheeler continues to get more and more time. Uh, I, I don't I really don't want to feel like I'm pointing fingers here, but you have to stop and remember that one of the reasons a change was made is that recruiting had gotten so thin over the last three, four years. The depth was bleeding out of the program and we're seeing it. They just don't have enough guys that coaching doesn't make you faster. Coaching doesn't make you a better athlete. Uh, coaching makes you a better football player. And at the end of the day, if they're not fast enough, they're going to struggle. And this team isn't fast enough. Nope. They're just not athletic enough. Um, we've talked about it for several years. Um, we, we've known this, and it's just coming to, to bite us. It's not about pointing fingers, though, Tim. It's just about speaking the truth. Yeah. We know what we are, you know. And it was the reason that Coach Snyder was such a great coach is because – and we used to say it as former players all the time. It's like he's doing this with smoke and mirrors out there. How are they winning eight games a year? I was like, how is that even possible? 
Well, now we're seeing, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that Coach Kleiman is not as good as Coach Snyder. That's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, what I am saying, though, is is that the talent level is just not where it needs to be as far as the depth. you got to have the depth. I mean, football is what it is. Guys are going to get hurt. That's just the way it works. And when you don't have the depth, you're not going to be as good. That's the difference between the really good teams yep. and the not really good teams. Coach Schneider inherited an absolute mess, and Coach Kleiman didn't inherit anything close to that. But Coach Schneider was also existing in a Big Eight where you got to play four non-conference games and really pick up four wins, typically in the way he was scheduling, and then move into a conference that was going through some growing pains, some changes. Oklahoma was on the downturn at some point. Colorado was coming back to center, and really it was about Nebraska in the conference at that time. I kind of feel like the program's in the 90, 91, 92 phase of K-State football again. Got to get the talent up. Maybe you're not as competitive in the conference as you would like to be, but the window is there. It's it's possible. The conference isn't overwhelming right now. You just need to catch up, and all you got to do is look at Baylor. They were 1-11 two years ago. They got to a bowl last year, and now they look really good in year three. You got to have some patience, don't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. Baylor's got a really old football team. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that's that you need to have at Kansas State. Every place doesn't have to have old football teams. At Kansas State, for us to be competitive, we have to have an older football team, and Baylor has that. You know, and one of the things that Baylor does have, and, and you got to remember, some of those guys on that team know what it's like to win eleven football games. Yep. And then those same guys know what it's like to win one football game. So, you know, and I'm not saying that we have to go to that end of the spectrum of winning one football game, but, you know, we just need to have an older football team. It's just going to take some time, have some patience, build the talent level back up to where it needs to be, and we'll be fine. The thing is that gets people frustrated is they want to win football games while you're doing that. And we have that capability of still being able to do that. We don't have to go through and win three games while we're trying to build this thing up. There's no reason that we can't be very competitive, go to bowl games, and do all those things while we're trying to get this accomplished. Amen. Maybe that 3-0 and start and the way they won those games gave us a little bit of false hope. I'm not sure. Maybe we uh, got on the hype train a little bit too much. I'm not sure, but I know this, this team needs to get back to work, get into the practice field on the, onto the practice field and get better one day at a time, yes. get a little bit better and, and get down the road and all of a sudden start beat people again. And most of all, rediscover who you are and what you're about, because I think they've wandered away from that. Absolutely. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, I asked Skyler Thompson about how frustrating this is right now for Kansas State football, and we'll let Kansas State's junior quarterback take us out of this edition of the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat postgame podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Here's Skyler. Anytime you lose, it's, it's frustrating. Um, it's never fun. It definitely hurts. Um, we're all frustrated, obviously. Uh, 
you know. But it's it's, it's part of the part of the game sometimes, part of the the journey. Um, and we just really just got to buckle down, man, and and focus on what we're what we need to work on, our mistakes, and have um, a, you know a great couple weeks. And it's bye week. Um, we really got to improve and just get better at a lot of different things. Um, but you know, I just truly believe that, that our team just didn't stop fighting. You know, I don't think that the, um, giving up or all that kind of stuff is an issue. Like guys are fighting, guys care, um, and and you know, we just got to stick together and come together. You know, more than ever, and just trust one another more than we ever have. You know, I think that's the that's the biggest deal for us. You've been listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast presented by Caddyshack Golf. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.